I've said I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I'm joined by Leonora Kubota. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. So it's our last day in Miami. Uh, the next show that you hear for The Scott Adams Show is going to be uh, from The Scott Adams Show Studios in Chile, Arlington, Virginia. We have not been looking forward to returning to the snow-filled streets that we keep seeing photos of from our friends, but because here it's sunny and beautiful. It absolutely is, and so we're going to start off with uh, Governor DeSantis, uh, who basically humiliated uh, reporters for defending big tech, you know, and it's just a wonder why it is that uh, you have the um, Washington Press and the press in general rooting for censorship. I first saw this, uh, the first time I ever saw this uh, was uh, back in the days when James Rosen was being wiretapped by Eric Holder and that Department of Justice and the Barack Obama regime. And what was interesting about it was the Associated Press was being wiretapped, uh, Angela Merkel was being wiretapped, and also... uh, uh, James Rosen and his father uh, were being wiretapped, and nobody said anything about it. Nobody did anything about it. And and the same is true with um, recent comments from the CIA talking about <clears throat> talking about the Capitol riots. Um, and you know there are riots going on every day in in the Northwest with Antifa. And no one wants to talk about that. And they're no. continuing since Joe Biden has become the president. And no one wants to talk about Minneapolis or no one wants to talk about what happened over the summer. No one wants to talk about Kamala Harris's um, financing of uh, bailouts and, and things like that. And yet uh, all they want to talk about is uh, Brian uh, Sicknick, uh, the um, capital. He's going to be lying in state. Uh, but what about what about Ashley Babbitt? Right. What about her killer? What about the black Capitol Hill police that killed the white woman? Yep. Right. No, no one wants to talk about any of that. Right. Because it's not a narrative and, that they want to continue. With. And this was a Trump hating Capitol policeman yeah. that shot dead this woman who was unarmed 
And, and nobody wants to talk about that. Again, and you know what? I'm not even really complaining about it so much. Uh, I mean, I think it's wrong, but if it was just that if they would treat each and every situation fairly, meaning that if, uh, you know, like this whole Me Too thing or this, uh, all these different rules that the Democrats seem to uh, bring up to try to use in some sort of a way that's like a weapon, uh, I wish that they would just have it uh, even Stephen, meaning that I wish they would treat uh, the conservatives as fairly as they treat liberals. Uh, but during the Trump uh, administration, we saw Trump supporters getting their doors broken into, and we saw people like Kleinsmith getting, uh, you know, probation for actually doing the deed, doing the wrong thing. I mean, it was Hillary Clinton that <clears throat> deleted 30,000 emails. It was Hillary Clinton that used Mark Elias and per- Perkins Coey to bury the DNC servers and prevent the FBI the FBI didn't raid the DNC. They didn't break the DNC's door down. They didn't uh, break down Perkins Coey's door. When these were the infiltrators, these were the villains of the whole Russian hoax. And yet they uh, go after the, in, uh, the innocent or the people that had infractions from 10 years ago that weren't even related to the case. And they kind of uh, try to bring it into the fray and blame Trump for something that Manafort may have done 12 years ago. And so uh, we see this hypocrisy time and time again. We see the CIA calling for more wiretaps on American citizens when it's not their jurisdiction. And the Bill of Rights used to have some sort of meaning, and no longer does it have meaning. Our Bill of Rights does not seem to be protecting us. And that we need to have paths and avenues and ways to litigate this stuff to basically take people to court and protect our rights. And we need to have court systems that actually will stand up and protect our rights as voters. As you know, today we're going to be talking about a new um, analysis that has come out to where they have found that there was voter fraud. In, in uncertain, no uncertain terms. I mean, it's just basically voter fraud. And they found it. And they said it was enough to change the outcome of an election. And yet you have um, Ted Cruz saying, suggesting otherwise, or and throwing Trump under the bus lately. Um, you have uh, uh, Lindsey Graham um, basically coming to the aid of Liz Cheney. All these spineless uh, rhinos have come out and have uh, are starting to do the wrong thing and basically create the uni party, put the uni party back again. But let's listen to um, Ron DeSantis. He has come out and he's basically lamb-blasted the press who seems to be supporting this unbridled bi- uh, bias and not to mention the fact that I think it's the Biden administration that wants to do something with respect to... Uh, um, a truth czar, a real realism, a realistic czar. It's a, re- it's a reality. reality czar. It's a reality. It's a truth sayer. It's a re- it's a truth czar. I think that's what they're calling yeah, it. Yeah. So let, let's go ahead and make it. Um, you know, five Republicans, uh, five Trump supporters. Let's let's put them in charge of the truth czar. Do you think they'll do that? No, they won't. 
And of course, we know that like w- with a Supreme Court with nine justices, you get five, four splits based on their political ideology. They're all su- they all will admit that they're telling the truth. <clears throat> but five scholars uh, can vote one way and four scholars can interpret the Constitution another way. And and all of them uh, to the T will will basically admit that they're n- not lying. Well, because they think if they think they're telling the truth in their mind, they're telling the truth. Right. So let's listen to Ron DeSantis uh, talking about the big tech censorship. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And Florida, Florida is going to be doing something with regard to litigation. That's going to really, I think, have a huge impact. And more and more states we're seeing <clears throat> are going to be stepping up to do this. Um, but we still need to address the federal Section 230 law. So... But let's listen to Ron, to Governor DeSantis right here. Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's story was true. Okay, we now know it was true. And the typical corporate media outlets, they just chose to ignore it. Obviously, they wanted to beat Trump. They had a they had a, a view on the election. They didn't want to give it any air. So we rely on social media to go around that not let corporate legacy media outlets control the discourse and let us speak. So you had the New York Post to run it, and you couldn't get any traction. You couldn't get any reach on it because big tech put their thumb on the scale. So that was true. What they said at the time, oh, it was, it was, it's a conspiracy or it's based on, on, on hacked information. Are you kidding me? You're trying to tell me if there was hacked information that could damage me, you guys wouldn't print it? Give me a break. You can whiz on my leg, but don't tell me it's raining. You guys would print it every single day if you could. And big tech would allow it to proliferate every single day, 24-7. So it's not being done in a principled basis. And it's not there's – t- there's threats on me. And it only gets taken down if law enforcement goes and tells, tells them to do it. Otherwise, it just stays up. They're not moderating any of that. So they haven't done a good job in it. The thumb's always on the scale in one direction. And um, we just need to, bring, uh, we need to bring some protection for folks. I really, really worry when you have a business owner that may rely on some of these tools to do small business. If they engage in wrong think or they go to the wrong political event, then all of a sudden they can act in concert and just take, take you off. You need to have protection against that. I like his pragmatism. I do too, and he, you know, he makes so much sense. And I could see him as a presidential. I candidate. I could absolutely see him as a presidential candidate, and he's beginning to look a little bit more presidential. He looks a little thinner. He looks like he's grooming himself more. But you know what? People are also flocking to the Sunshine State. People always flocked here for the good weather, but now they're flocking here for the better policies. You know, they're the lockdowns are being. Uh, I don't want to say completely eliminated, but they are, you know, there's a lot more flexibility and there's a lot more rationality going into when there is a restriction on a business. And businesses that are putting in unnecessary restrictions are being called out for it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it is interesting to see how uh, a lot of these politicians are jockeying for position. Absolutely. Um, I think Marco Rubio doesn't stand a snowball's chance in Florida to uh, get any traction with a candidate, uh, his candidacy, um, if he's thinking about that. And again, we're going to have a lot to say with respect to uh, the um, Senate trial. Um, And again, they're not going to get, uh, they got 45 people that have already said that that, uh, the process is unconstitutional, that it's a citizen Trump. So what the heck, where's the remedy? 
uh, to get the guy out of office, to cause him from doing some damage to the uh, republic? Isn't that really the endeavor uh, of of being able to throw and toss a president out of office? Well, that's not in play right now. So 45 people have already said that they think that this is unconstitutional. Uh, if they be- betray that trust, if they uh, basically vote any in any way different than that, they're going to be going against their own belief uh, in the Constitution. And so <clears throat> it's just theater. And uh, I think it actually is going to lend itself well to Donald Trump. And, uh, and with that, uh, I think it changes the landscape and the way we actually go forward into the 2022 and into the 2024. And, you know, as we start to advance the ball with regard to the biggest elephant in the room, the obstacle in the room, that is election fraud. We need to actually get court wins. We need to have court victories, court victories with respect to election fraud. And we need to get rid of those foreign machines, these voting machines that we don't trust. We have to do away with mail-in balloting. Uh, We have to do away with ballot harvesting. And we have to have integrity in our voting roles. And somehow, uh, something's going to have to be done about that. But this immigration, uh, these three new executive orders, he's up to 47. It's two weeks today that Biden has been in office. And he's already signed 47 executive orders. That's a dictatorship, folks. Well, that's Um, what they're starting to call it, you know, so that he signed three major executive orders Tuesday that were aimed at reversing President Trump's, you know, basically what was a hardline immigration policy. Well, the first executive order creates a task force to reunite children who were separated from their parents under Trump's zero tolerance policy. And, And the administration was calling, you know, Trump's policy a moral failing. I call it upholding the law. And so the second thing is to look at uh, the policies that are already out there, you know, ident- you know that, um, and see if some of these policies, other policies um, are, you know, not legal or they're not, et cetera. So looking at them in general. And then, and then there's a, you know, so for such, and such as um, reviewing Trump's administration's Remain in Mexico policy, where people were, there, were put in Mexico uh, asylum seekers were put them there, put there so that they could wait for their court hearings. And then the third act, executive action, directs the State Department, the Justice Department, and the Department of Homeland Security to re- to review guidelines and policies implemented under Trump to determine if they're whether whether they're in line with the government's desire to promote integration and inclusion. To me, that sounds like two and three are very similar. But the whole but the whole point is is there were things that happened under President Obama. Where we talked about this before, Scott, who put who put children into cages? That was not President Trump. That was President Obama, because when the pictures surfaced, they were 2014 pictures. They were not 2017. I I don't know why that just doesn't seem to resonate with uh, the truth seekers, the reality police. Right. Um, But let's take a listen to Jen Psaki uh, talking about this. Fingers at uh, Donald Trump. Okay, so this is Mike Moran, Morgan, Mark Morgan, Mark Morgan. Everything she just said was spin, right? So, so he's on with Greg Kelly, uh, the last good person on Newsmax right now, because we're going to play uh, an absolute travesty uh, later in the show with regard to Mike Lindell. 
um, and uh, uh, where they censored Mike Lindell on Newsmax. This guy named Bob Seller is a real piece of work. He's ruining it for Newsmax. We're going to get to that later. But this is where um, one of their best hosts, Greg Kelly, is interviewing Mike Morgan and uh, Mark Morgan. I'm sorry, Mark Morgan, former CP, you know, former um, immigration um, uh, border patrol uh, chief. And uh, we're going to take a listen to um, Jen Psaki as well. And at you, this is Jen Psaki, the uh, new press secretary. Um, I don't think any parent can look at what's happened to those kids over the last couple of years and not feel that we should do everything in our power to get those kids back with their parents. So we are trying to repair the damage and the horrific actions of the prior administration by trying to do everything we can to reunite these kids with their families. But it remains a dangerous trip. It remains a time. This is not the time to come to the United States. We need the time to put in place uh, an immigration process so people can be treated humanely. Uh, As you know, there was a ton of fake news about what you were doing and why you were doing it, but your reaction to uh, what the Biden administration is saying. Greg, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, there's not enough time on the show right now to address all the spin and misinformation the president's press secretary just sent out. First of all, the the, the very lawful zero tolerance program ended over two and a half years ago. And this government, multiple, multiple agencies have worked tirelessly to actually reunite those families. And what this task force that Biden is, is presenting is going to find out that is that that work has been ongoing. And then he's going to also find out the significant number of these families actually don't want their own kids back. They said, stay in this country. That task force is also going to find out because of our broken immigration system, like the Florida Settlement Agreement, who says we cannot detain children and families, we have to release them, is that that was exploited. And that was used by the human smuggling organizations and cartels to use these children as tokens and, and exploit them to simply illegally enter this country. That's the truth. That's the facts. And that's what the task force will find out. Everything she just said was spin. Operationally, um what are the troops doing, the officers on the border? How much have had, had they changed or have had to change their day-to-day operations? It's already changed. Let's take the wall, for example. So it stopped being built. With every mile of a wall that's not being built, their, their job is more dangerous and more difficult. Instead of us having the tactical advantage to shape the cartel's behavior, they now shape our behavior. They stopped the DHS memo, stopped the the implementation of the migrant protection protocol. They can no longer enroll people in the single-handed policy that helped to end catch and release and really helped to stem the flow of illegal immigration by 75%. We could go to ICE and talk about now the priorities that now put more enforcement restrictions on ICE than under their previous Obama-Biden administration. Basically stripping ICE. If you're if you're not a terrorist or a convicted violent criminal, basically ICE, it's hands off. I could yeah. go on and on, Greg. But again, just within a, a couple of weeks, he's decimated our ability to secure this border and keep our country safe. You know, we just saw the video of you and the president at the border. Uh, the president seems to be in, inspecting the wall and explaining it at one point to you guys down there. And quite frankly, I just draw a contrast to what we have with Joe Biden, you know, this wisp of a figure, you know, signing whatever is put in front of him. Then you have him like kind of calling the shots at the border. What a difference. Great, complete difference. And this is one thing I've been saying. Like this, 
you know, that false narrative about calling this the Trump's vanity wall, that, that's such a lie. That's such a false political narrative out there. The truth is, is just as you described it. This president went down there, went to the border himself. He talked to the experts that are risking their lives every single day to protect this country. They are the ones that told them part of what they need is infrastructure, this wall. He was providing them what they asked for. This president, this administration has completely rejected the experts, completely dismissed them, and continues to spin and tell Americans lies that walls aren't effective as part of that multi-layer strategy. Anyone who says that walls are not effective, they're lying to the American people, Great, flat, it's just simple, and we can back that up with facts, data, and historical information. And that's so true. And not only that, but during that montage, they were showing some other um, audio and video. And, you know, it's it's really annoying to see uh, Joe Biden sitting there at his Oval Office desk with his stupid mask on. <laughs> take the <laughs> take the stupid mask off. You don't you, know, you don't need it inside, Joe. Uh, it's it's absolutely nuts. I mean, there's no one around him. He's sitting at his desk. He's got his stupid it's mask on. It's probably the most sanitized room in the world. Incidentally, you know, we just watched a report today that uh, from a doctor uh, that said, you know, um, New York needs to get uh, open up their restaurants beyond 25%. They have ultraviolet lights. They have sanitiz- sanitization that, that the um, governments can control. Setting these curfews and locking people inside their doors where 70% of the cases are originating, they're coming from actual within your home. So like if there's a Halloween party or a Thanksgiving party or uh, just just as the Super Bowl party that's coming up, right? All of these things where people congregate in their home, that's where people were getting sick. If they were to go out to the bars, right, and where they get the ultraviolet light and they have the sanitization, um, people aren't getting sick when they go out uh, and uh, enjoy themselves. We've been saying this for months that the homes are Petri dishes because people are not properly sanitizing their homes and they're in there all the time. Versus if you're out in the air circulating around, you and you know, I talk about this all the time, there is a herd immunity that happens as well. I, I'm a big fan of herd, of herd immunity. You know, um, the, a lot of these uh, liberals, they'll try to uh, poo-poo that and turn that down. Um, but there is something to be said about it. You know, people that um, live out on the range and live out in, in, in you know, getting sun. We had uh, Dr. Samadhi on our show. Yes. And he said... The most important thing you could do is go outside and take your shirt off. Well, we did. Well, Scott, you did do that, right? Yeah, we got yeah. some sun. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, we got more sun than we. Uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of sun. Um, but in any case, no vitamin D uh, is one of the keys. Yeah, and it, you know, it's you never heard, you, you you hear people saying mask up. You know, that's the that's the phrase in Florida to mask up, and it's like, you know, um, why people were constantly saying wear your mask. Why are why are our leaders not saying, uh, don't forget to take your vitamin D? Yeah. Why, why are they not saying that? Yeah. And why are they still uh, making it extremely difficult to get hydroxychloroquine? Uh, I don't know why that is because that's a drug that's been around for forever. It doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, people have been taking that for decades and decades, probably 60, 70 years. And it's been a very common drug, never killed a soul. And... Uh, and the good that that could have done, um, but instead we had um, governors like the Whitmer from Michigan or uh, the governor from Nevada, uh, these liberal governors deny people the right to, to choose what medicine helps them the best. And, you know, that's the biggest problem I have with this whole thing. 
is, you know, they say trust the science. And if you say anything about uh, positive about hydroxychloroquine or if you uh, second guess uh, the wearing of a mask, some moron, some crazy lunatic like Mark Zuckerberg will literally deplatform you. Incidentally, I'm still deplatformed. I've, if you miss me on Facebook, the reason why is because I've been um, shut down for 30 days. And it was during the 30 days where there was the inauguration and the uh, narratives that uh, we need to fight tooth and nail uh, for in terms of uh, getting our message and our narrative out there. Because I don't care how you slice it, you know, of course, the election was a fraud and the censorship has got to stop. Um, we said we were going to talk about Bob Sellers, this guy from Newsmax. It's single-handedly a moron. He's just single-handedly going to ruin the opportunity that Newsmax had at its, at its fingertips. You just heard Greg Kelly uh, having Mark Mor- Morgan on. <clears throat> but this Bob Sellers uh, guy, uh, he says, Newsmax host Bob Sellers had my pillow founder, Mike Lindell, on his show to talk about big tech censorship, then ended up censoring him. So Lindell was appearing on America American Agenda, and uh, Heather Childress, uh, formerly of Fox News fame, uh, is is on that network as well. I don't know who the host was there, but this guy Bob Sellers literally walked off the set. You know, let me tell you something. Uh, if he was with Red State Talk Radio, he'd be gone in a second. We don't tolerate we don't, people walking off the set. We don't censor people, okay? You don't censor a guy for saying what happened to him. Right. And <clears throat> you just don't do it. We would never do it here, and we um, would never uh, want somebody censoring anybody. Um, you know, so uh, this, is a, this is an opportunity missed for Newsmax. And we're going to go ahead and play that, uh, play the clip here, and and uh, it's it's pretty interesting actually. Here we go. So well, what happened? What what happened with your Twitter account and the uh, company page? Well, first mine was taken down because we have all the election fraud with these Dominion machines. We have a hundred percent proof. And then I okay, so he's saying my Twitter was taken down. Mike Lindell, my pillow. By the way, if you're going to buy a my pillow. Use uh, use the code Red State, and uh, you'll basically get a discount like up to sixty six percent off, depending on what you're getting. Um, but in any case, uh, Mike Lindell is talking about the Dominion machines. He has the proof that says that the machines were using an algorithm that rigged the election. And frankly, you know, we all know that the election was fixed. There's uh, all kinds of data that proves it. Trust the science? Well, the science is right there. Um, But this guy, Bob Sellers, says, uh, we at Newsmax, we have not confirmed that report. And he gets in the way of uh, what Mike Lindell is talking about. So let's listen to this one more time. So what happened happened with your Twitter account and the uh, company page? Well, first, mine was taken down because we have all the election fraud with these Dominion machines. We have 100% proof. And then I, when they took it down uh, uh, about my, three weeks my, ago, 
I, and then I put it back up. My personal, I put it. It was a Mike. Uh, thank you very much, Mike. Mike, I, you're talking about machines uh, that that we at Newsmax have not been able to verify any of uh, those kinds of allegations. We just want to let people know that there's nothing substantive that we've seen. And let me read you something there. While there were some clear evidence of some cases of vote fraud and election irregularities, the election results in every state were certified. And Newsmax accepts the results as legal and final. The courts have also supported that view. So right. we so, wanted so to talk to you about right. canceling culture, if you will. We don't want to relitigate the, the, the uh, allegations that you're making, Mike, because we, we, we understand where you are. So let me ask you this. Do you think that this should be temporary because it appears to be permanent? Could you make an argument that it is temporary? What? <laughs> could you make an argument that this could be a temporary banning rather than permanent? No, I want it to be a permanent because you know what? They did this because I'm revealing all the evidence on Friday of all the election problem with these machines. So I'm sorry if you okay. think it's not uh, Mike, it's real. Mike, I, I, can I ask our producers, can we uh, get out of here, please? Uh, I, I don't want to have to keep going over this. Actually, we at Newsmax Mike, have not been able wait, to verify any of those allegations. Wait, that you're, you're, Mike, okay. hold on a second. Everybody hold on a second. Mike, Mike, hold on one second. Uh, let's talk a little bit about just what is happening. So, by the way, now Bob Sellers just walked off the set, and he couldn't take Mike Lindell's truth. He couldn't. So yeah. Overall, continue. in terms of censorship of... Cancel out my company and myself okay. in this country. It's cancel culture. So Mike Lindell was on topic. He was basically saying, I said there was clearly fraud. I said that there was fraud with these Dominion voting machines. And that's why I was canceled on the culture uh, website, Twitter, right? Cancel culture, you know, because, you know, this is part of our culture. Twitter, uh, Facebook, it's all part of a town hall experience uh, to uh, communicate with our fellow neighbors and, and our fellow Americans. And also, you know, after that interview happens, uh, Mike Lindell was interviewed by the Washington Examiner. And during the Washington Examiner interview, Lindell said he actually didn't blame Newsmax because he feels that they're being threatened by Dominion. So the, the, so that that was what he said after the interview. Right. Happened. Well, and Dominion's threatening to sue everybody. Bring yeah. it, um, because there's going to be uh, a lot of discovery that's going to not bode well for Dominion software. And I think it's going to be at that juncture uh, that um, you're going to start to see uh, some truth come out. And uh, I would say that uh, uh, Team Trump is is definitely working those angles. Um, you know, Team Trump did not have much to do with Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood. Lynn Wood, even Matt Couch and a couple of other, you know, right wing um, uh, analysts, um, they've all come out and said uh, and have been reporting on, you know, Lynn Wood. And it's kind of interesting when you talk about <clears throat> Lynn Wood is getting disbarred or potentially to keep his bar license in Georgia. Uh, he's going to have to do two things now. He's going to have to take a mental capacity test at Linwood, and he also is going to have to prove that he didn't violate election law. So he voted illegally is what the accusation is. So <clears throat> it is interesting to see uh, what's going on with um, these uh, 
um, attorneys um, because I'm not a big fan of Sidney Powell at this point. At this point, um, and I'm not a big fan of Lynn Wood either um, because they didn't deliver on their promise. Patrick Byrne didn't deliver. Patrick Byrne was uh, basically on um, several of the Q Anon shows, and then all of a sudden turned to betrayed uh, the whole Q Anon. Um, a base, uh, and uh, and got and, and somehow I was getting away with it, um, but you know the the guys that um, are on Red State in the Matrix, you know they they uh, had that guy on Patrick Byrne to tell mm-hmm. his story on many occasions, and then all of a sudden the guy turned around and betrayed the trust and betrayed the friendship and betrayed the relationship. Patrick Byrne did that, and I think he was involved with cryptocurrency. To pay off the Kraken and uh, Millie and uh, you know the same people behind the scam Shadowgate and a lot of that stuff, you know, um, we at Scott Adams Show in Red State have supported the QAnon movement um, because we think it's a valuable uh, source of metadata. It's not always exactly, um, uh, you know, given information that's uh, it, it, the information is metadata that needs to be interpreted. But to actu- actually betray the trust of these people, I think, is, um, is not fair. And they did that. Lynn Wood, General McInerney, um, uh, Patrick Byrne, uh, Sidney Powell played American patriots for fools. And they did that. And, uh, you know, we happen to know who the Kraken is personally. And I was actually part of the Washington Post story that broke up. Open who the so-called Kraken was. It was a bunch of grifters uh, that have a, a, um, a law violations a mile long, a rap sheet a mile long in four different states uh, with all kinds of different fraud. And that Kraken uh, is what Cindy Powell embraced herself with. And they generated funds through Kraken Wood and through the Flynn um, uh, def- Defense Fund and uh, now they're starting some sort of a, a, a patriot pack for the republic. And uh, I don't trust them as far as I could throw them. I think that they're infiltrators, they're opportunists uh, that are trying to actually get rich off of the drama and the trauma of this election fraud. They, they parlayed on it. They hijacked it. Uh, just like Ali Alexander hijacked uh, Stop the Steal and became part of this fundraising opportunity and they just started begging for money. And Carl Rove and Ali Alexander were, again, good friends. And we see Carl Rove actually throwing passes to um, Liz Cheney and uh, not having, you know, we they were all anti-Trump at one point. And then they became Trump's best friend when they needed him. They needed him when he became the president. They did, he was the only and game in town. And they needed him to win elections. And, uh, you know, so, so here's Lindsey Graham uh, talking about Donald Trump in the 2016 election. Well, I want to talk to the Trump supporters for a minute. I don't know who you are, and I don't know why you like this guy. I think what you like about him, he appears to be strong when the rest of us are weak. He's a very successful businessman. And he's going to make everything great. He's going to take all the problems of the world and put them in a box and make your life better. That's what he's selling. Here's what you're buying. He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. He doesn't represent my party. He doesn't represent the values 
that the men and women who wear the uniform are fighting for. I've been in the Air Force for 33 years. I retired this June. He's the ISIL man of the year, by the way. Just Notice how he said ISIL? Yep. ISIL man of the year. That is disrespect to Israel. Yeah. When you say ISIL, you're talking about in Levant. You're not talking about in Sham or Iraq, uh, uh, Syria, uh, in in Israel, in um, is uh, ISIS in Iraq and Syria. Um, you're not saying that. You're basically saying in Sham or, or in in Levant. In Levant means that their ter- they recognize a territory that encompasses the state of Israel, and so that it disrespects the state of Israel uh, when they say that. And it was Barack Hussein, uh, the Muslim sympathizing, radical Islamic uh, jihadi uh, sympathizer, uh, Barack Hussein Obama, that actually started that phrase. And everyone in in Obama's cabinet was forced to say that. And sure enough, uh, this little monster here, Lindsey Graham, uh, actually is part of that push to get our troops back in Syria and to, uh, again, heighten the uh, fight against Russia uh, and to to create more of an adversarial relationship with Russia, Uh, never minding that China is the biggest threat that we have going on right now. And they're in bed with China as well. It's an old policy run by people like John Kerry and Wendy Sherman and Lindsey Graham and the globalists and the socialists uh, because it's an easy way to control and get rich quick in the black market industries of oil for weapons and drugs and human trafficking. So let's hit hit play and listen to more nonsense about Lindsey Graham, what he had to say about Donald Trump got back from Morocco a week ago this Monday. I know. We interviewed you live from there. You were mm-hmm. with Senator John McCain, and you were going to, into Iraq to get a status report. What, what were they saying there about all of this? The military leadership and the diplomatic corps. Now, we have young men and women in harm's way all over the world, particularly in the Mideast. They were concerned about this rhetoric because the enemy will use it against us. Um, so what was a concern last week has to be DEFCON for this week. Because what Mr. Trump is doing, and I don't think he has a clue about anything, he's just trying to get his numbers up and get the biggest reaction he can. He's putting uh, our soldiers and diplomats at risk. He's empowering the enemy. And this ban, if it's actually enacted, would take people who have been interpreters who came to our side in Iraq and Afghanistan who are under siege in their own countries and basically becomes a death sentence for them. You're saying he's empowering the enemy. You draw a direct line between... His rhetoric and what, recruitment for ISIS? Yeah, they use that to turn uh, the region against us. Our diplomats and military commanders were very worried when the guy was going to burn the Koran. Remember that, the guy in Florida? I've been there 36 times. I can tell you that most Muslims, most people in the faith, reject this radical ideology. The reason we'll win this war is because very few fathers and mothers want to turn their daughters over to ISIL. The way you win the war, just don't kill terrorists. You invest in the lives of others. Young people in the Mideast are less sectarian. That's where we should be investing. Giving a young woman a voice about her children in the Mideast is the ultimate uh, antidote to terrorism. That's how you win the war. 
a hopeful life versus a glorious death. And what Mr. Trump is doing is undercutting everything we stand for. He's undercutting how you win the war. He's empowering the enemy, and he's putting people at risk or serving our country. Now, he's never served. Going to a military high school, Donald, is really not military service. You've never worn the uniform. You've never been uh, on a, a Ford operating base. You've never been at a PRT as a member of the Department of Justice or the Department of State. You've never been a USAID worker going into some devastated poor area in Iraq and Afghanistan trying to help our country by helping others. So knock it off. You're putting people at risk. He is empowering radical Islam. And if he knew anything about the world at all, you would know that most Muslims reject this ideology. And they've died in, by the thousands trying to combat this radical ideology. You're undercutting their efforts. You're slandering their sacrifice. You're marginalizing what they're trying to do to make the world a better place. You know how you win this war? You side with people in the faith who reject this ideology, which is 99%. And you know how you make America great again? Tell Donald Trump to go to hell. So that's a guy guy that um, signed off on 20 years of nonsense in Afghanistan. Uh, Trump was uh, engaging and putting an end to the uh, conflict and de-escalating in in Afghanistan. He pulled our troops back from Syria. He created more peace in the Middle East. He got us out of foreign wars. And and he uh, uh, advanced the state of Israel in a way that has been unprecedented. Uh, The speech that Trump gave in Riyadh, for example, is just unprecedented. He doesn't have to apologize for America. Lindsey Graham oversaw the nuclearization of Iran, the Iran deal. Uh, he also uh, was uh, oversaw and voted on the Afghan uh, crisis, the Iraqi war, uh, all of those things. Um, so, you know, putting our troops at, in harm's way is exactly what Lindsey Graham has always done. And he was all up in arms about Jamal Khashoggi and the death of Jamal Khashoggi, but he never gave two uh, cents worth of concern uh, with regard to Foley and uh, William William Pearl, um, the, the people of the journalists that got beheaded uh, by ISIS, and he calls ISIS ISIL to show respect and solidarity for a terrorist organization that was financed by way of Hillary Clinton's State Department uh, out of Benghazi. And uh, so there's just a lot of um, disinformation that came out of Lindsey Graham's mouth there. And so no wonder he says this about Joe Biden at the time as well, the same time. And again, this has been endorsed by the the Lincoln Project, uh, this this video. And as a person, there's probably, you got a problem. <laughs> If you can't admire Joe Biden as a person, then it's probably you got a problem. <laughs> you need to do some self-evaluation. Because what's not to like? I called him after Bo died. And he basically said, well, Bo was my soul. We've talked for a long time. He came to my ceremony uh, and said some of the most incredibly heartfelt things that anybody could ever say to me. And um, he's the nicest person I think I've ever met in politics. He is as good a man as God ever created. I think he's uh, been dealt a really gut blow. I think he focuses on what he's got to do, not what he lost. Uh, 
his heart's been ripped out, but he's going to make sure that the other members of his family is well taken care of. And he started talking about his grandkids. More worried about them than anything. We just talked about the future. Yeah. He started talking about the future, the future of his family. So he's talking about a guy that's wanted in Ukraine for fraud. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about a guy that fired the prosecutor who was going after Burisma, who hired his son. And talking about a guy that was um, good friends with Mitt Romney in charge of Bain Capital and who financed uh, the Lincoln Project. Um, you know, and uh, it was Mitt Romney's uh, Kofor Black, his advisor, that served on the same board in Burisma as Hunter Biden. And it's also the same guy that uh, uh, supported, um, you know, the wars that have actually blown up our soldiers and left blood on the battlefields uh, when they, these were wars that w we would have been better off uh, working with economic sanctions and, and tools uh, to uh, neutralize and marginalize uh, some of these Middle East players. Uh, it was... Trump's policies uh, of playing hardball with the Palestinians who didn't want to compromise and didn't want to get to the bargaining table that he left them and just kept waiting and played the waiting game to the point where the Gulf states and the, um, you know, the, um, oil, uh, the Arab states uh, in um, the Middle East decided that they were not going to wait any longer <coughs> for the Palestinians to come to the bargaining table and that they were going to go ahead and start conducting business, trade relations, normalized relations with Israel, the state of Israel. Uh, moving uh, the embassy to Jerusalem was a bold move and uh, creating peace between Kosovo and Bosnia and Serbia and uh, allowing some of those Muslim states to actually open up normal relations with Israel and also Bahrain, Oman, uh, potentially uh, Saudi Arabia, and uh, other countries to do normal relations with Israel was a smart thing. And it also created a balance of power uh, instead of emboldening a, a very hateful Iran that says death to Israel and death to America every chance he gets. And you just have to ask the question, what the heck is Lindsey Graham and John McCain doing bouncing all over the world with red carpet treatment and first-class flights and staying at five-star hotels in Latvia, Lithuania, Ukraine, uh, and, and, and all through the Middle East. Uh, it's just it's nonsense that, uh, you, to think that, that they're serving uh, South Carolina or Arizona in the way that they should. Uh, it's... It's 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 a sad state of affairs, really, when you think about it, um, and that's that's what we have going on right there. So we have to we have to do better. We have to demand better from our politicians, and don't trust Lindsey Graham for one second. If um, Donald Trump uh, were to get back into power, I think you would start to see the truth come out with respect to Lindsey Graham. And uh, there's no country in the world that wanted to see Donald Trump win more than Ukraine, I think, at this point. Um, <clears throat> and to that end, you know, you have to ask this question um, about election fraud. 
What if they do find election fraud? I got a report right here that says data expert claims his team has identified enough fraudulent ballots in Georgia, Arizona, and Wisconsin to overthrow the election. Now, this is a report that just came out February 2nd. Today's February 3rd. And so Matt Baynard was on with Steve Bannon and the War Room crew today, and he discussed the 2020 election results that he and his team uncovered after the election. So Matt Brainerd from the Data Integrity Project have identified a number of fraudulent votes included in the 2020 election, which when addressed, he claims would overturn the results of the election in three states, Georgia, Arizona, and Wisconsin, and be, uh, be enough to overturn the 2020 election. Now, my question, though, and I've looked this up, and I can't seem to find a straight answer, because all the reports that uh, surround this question came out in December of 2020, before the January 6th, before the January 20th inauguration. I really want to get maybe an expert on to talk about the legalese of what actually can happen when we get to that point of the inauguration, uh, of the um, of election fraud. Right. And if okay. it's, you know, if if the courts take this all the way up to the Supreme Court to look at the in, the election fraud and determine that election fraud really did change the outcome of the election, that Trump really did win, which we know is the case. The what and what also, happens next? What's the practical um, plan? Because now, you know, well, you know, we go back to uh, Bush versus Gore more than 20 years ago. That whole situation was being litigated while, you know, while the election was, you know, kind of put on hold. Now you have Trump has left the office. He is not the president anymore. What happens if they say, OK, now we have this data that says Trump is actually one. What do we do? Do we put Trump back in? Do we run it, do another election? I mean, there there's so many different ways in which you could handle this because it would be a pre- an unprecedented circumstance. Right. And then you're going to have the pressure, as we all well know, to downplay this, to downplay reports like this one and to try to get people to say, OK, well, you just got to move on now. You know, Joe Biden's the president. Just move on. Forget about it. Uh, and we're, we're, we're just going to tighten up elections. But, you know, but you still have a country in which you have a significant portion of the population that believes the election was stolen hey, and that Joe Biden is not the legitimate president. You know, we're talking about um, we're, <laughs> there, there's even more uh, data that we're going to get to here in a second. But we're talking about a disenfranchisement. We're talking about the state of our republic. We're talking yeah. about free and fair elections. Yeah. We're also talking about uh, the fraud that's associated with it. How much money is... Uh, Biden going to cost Americans, right, with the taxes, with the higher gas prices that we're seeing. Uh, and then in addition to the higher gas prices, um, I think it was really cruel what they did with the um, oil pipelines, yeah. the Keystone Pipeline. Because, see, I, I understand elections have consequences and, you know, I don't think he won. But, OK, let's just let's just say, OK, right now he cheated and therefore he got what he wanted. Um what, regardless, the reality is right now he's the guy legally in the Oval Office, right? He's legally in the so, Oval Office. He was certified as president. Okay, so fair enough. So, so now at, at some point, though, I think it's absolutely stunningly cruel to have a guy like John Kerry who has this big, huge yacht and uh, Jen Psaki who can be cavalier about laughing about Space Force 
and not even understanding that that truly is now. It's a legitimate branch of military. military, So it's unbelievable that they could just be so cavalier and so stupid, and they're so not ready to run and lead. Um, But also to just not even have any respect for the people that they serve. They have forgotten who they serve. And to me, it makes perfect sense to sit down at the negotiating table like Trump did by bringing people into the Oval of, to the White House and having meetings with average Joe people. He, he had listening sessions where right. he would listen to their situations and what their problems were. Right. Not everybody agreed with, with the, his sentiments, but you know, he would listen to all sides. And also, there should be some warning. But the fact is, is that they made this executive order almost like they couldn't wait a day, a second. And all of a sudden, these people were just, the carpet was pulled out from underneath their feet. And all of a sudden, people who are still trying to, reeling from co- the COVID draconian lockdowns that are struggling financially, now are being dealt another blow with higher gas prices. And in addition to that, uh, joblessness. Um, these jobs disappeared overnight. It's, it's not like a rollout. So if you're really being sincere about learning how to code or, or learning how to make solar panels, which there's a lot of people that are near retirement that are like done, um, there's, a lot, uh, there, there's a situation where you need to roll this out gradually. Yeah. There needs to be a phase one, phase two, phase three um, methodical, thought, thoughtful way to actually transition from oil and pipelines that are cleaner than Warren Buffett's trains, mm-hmm. right, that leak oil yeah. all over the uh, rails. Uh, there's another story here, though, about election fraud, too. After weeks of delays, the Detroit DC- TCF uh, Center turns over security cameras um, after weeks of delays, um, security camera footage of, th- uh, of 3.30 a.m. Biden ballot dump to Gateway Pundit. So finally, Gateway Pundit reported on this a long time ago, mm-hmm. and they um, positioned for this, petitioned for it. The American media today would uh, make Pravda blush. Uh, the media keeps telling us there was absolutely no fraud in the 2020 presidential election. The Democrat establishment demands Republicans move on and accept that Joe Biden's improbable win and unlikely results. But we also know that President Trump was leading Joe Biden in Michigan alone by over 100,000 votes on election night when suddenly Biden received 150,000 votes in less than one minute at 6.31 a.m. in the morning. So they now have the tapes. And that's... Uh, they, uh, so, so they uh, they have a whole checklist. We're going to go ahead and put this up on our our um, social media. But the Gateway Pundit paid twenty two thousand dollars for one day's worth of video, and they got it. And it finally came in after many many delays. Uh, so um, there there still might be some things that are going to be coming out. And then the question is, what happens next, folks? So that brings us to the end of our. Uh, Florida trip and our show from Florida. And uh, the next time we do a show, it'll be in the Scott Adams Show studios. Um, with that, my name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonor Cravetta. And we'll see you all next time on the radio. Bye-bye now. I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. 
just to bury my kids right up to there. 